0: Hello and welcome to Teaching English with the British Council Series 2,
1: a podcast in which we try and provide solutions to some of the key questions being asked by English teachers around the world.
0: Teaching English with the British Council. We are your
1: hosts, we am Hamdan and Chris Salton. In each episode, we address one such question and attempt to answer it in two ways.
2: English with the British
1: Council. In the first part of each episode, we hear from a British Council project, programme or publication about something which is being done to address this issue.
0: Across the 10 episodes of Series 2, we'll hear from teachers, trainers and researchers in a wide range of contexts, including Ukraine, Romania, Egypt and the United Kingdom. Teaching English with the British Council.
1: In the second part, a leading English expert and practitioner will provide practical solutions which you can immediately try out wherever you work.
0: Each episode of Teaching English is accompanied by a full transcript and show notes. These show notes provide additional information, a glossary of keywords and links to relevant websites.
2: Teaching English with the British Council. This is episode two. How can we use virtual
1: reality to teach English?
0: Hello and welcome to episode two of Teaching English with the British Council and today's episode is very exciting. It's going to be about how can we use virtual reality to teach English.
1: So, William, how much experience do you have of using digital learning, virtual reality for teaching English?
0: I haven't really used virtual reality to teach English, but I found it really interesting. Although I worked with teachers to deliver online trainings, but we never actually used virtual reality. And I think in the setting that I was in, it's, it's a bit difficult to introduce these, you know, technologies. So it would be interesting to see how they're doing that in other contexts.
1: And what's your view of digital learning more generally? I know it's something that you're looking at more broadly in your PhD studies.
0: It's very important to teach, to integrate teaching digital skills with content. These days everything is becoming at the hands of people uh, using digital approaches so I think it's very important that people become digitally literate and sometimes keep up with the market people looking for jobs for example.
1: I agree I think virtual reality is something which feels like it's just coming into the mainstream now and it's it's not something I know a lot about either but we were lucky enough to talk to someone who does know a lot about this Nergis Kern.
0: Nergis is an educational technology professional specializing in virtual reality blended learning and metaverse.
1: And here is me, Wayam and Nergis, talking about virtual reality.
0: Thank you very much for coming
1: on Teaching English with the British Council, Nergis.
0: We're so happy to have you today. Thank you for having me.
1: So, Nergis, many of our listeners won't know a lot about virtual reality and how it can be used for language learning. Perhaps you could just give a short overview of how it works and what you see are its main benefits.
3: VR can be many different things. One of the things that teachers might have heard of or have probably even tried is using 360 degree videos in the classroom. And then we have VR experiences that take place in a cartoonish world and you can have live classes or students can also go in on their own for project work, for example. But it can also be used for online teaching, for remote teaching, where teachers and students are in different locations to bring them together. And this, for me, is how I personally like to use it and see the most value of it. But, yeah, yeah, many different ways. Now, um, benefits you can have a more social learning experience and you can socialize also with each other. Very recent report from Educause that came out just a couple of days ago in the US says, for example, more university students prefer online teaching to face-to-face teaching. Mm-hmm. But where they do prefer face-to-face is when they're socializing and when they want to study together. And this is a gap that... Uh, in online teaching that virtual reality can actually close because you can have the socializing element, this meeting in a place, in a space and doing things together.
1: Is there any research that shows about how effective that socialization is in an online space versus an offline space?
3: For learning in general and for language learning, we know that social learning is very important. Um, You can't learn a language in isolation. You need other people. You need to interact with other people. Role plays, for example, in different environments, very difficult to do uh, authentically, realistically in a video conferencing room. But you can do this in virtual reality because you have these spaces and you feel present in these spaces. It's also very
1: difficult Mm -hmm. for some students to do in real life.
3: Absolutely. In the classroom, we have the same limitations. You have to imagine a lot as a student in the classroom where you have desks and and a whiteboard, imagining that you are now in an airport, for example. And if you can be placed really in that environment, then it feels completely different. And we know from research, again, that this kind of experiential active learning and being placed in that actual situation and environment helps memorability another important point for many students is that it reduces anxiety there is again research that proves that uh, vr reduces anxiety because you're represented by an avatar it's not really yourself you know you that helps a lot and incredible things can happen like we have one research partner taught children and what they found the students who had uh, classroom-based lessons and VR lessons, and the same students within the same space of time spoke at different levels. I think it must have been A2 in the classroom and B1 in VR. That is remarkable.
1: So do you think that's to do with that they're just using safe language within the classroom, but they're being more experimental in the online space?
3: I think it's several of the things that I've just mentioned. It is that it reduces anxiety. It's also that it feels more authentic. It feels you are in in a different environment, not in the classroom. It's not a lesson. It's an experience.
0: I have a question, and it is related to the limitations of the VR setting. You mentioned that it gives more chance for students to engage with each other. But do you see any limitations of that virtual context as opposed to a classroom context and from your experience what has been the experience of students did they enjoy it?
3: There are certain limitations that one has to take into consideration when teaching in VR for example if students are wearing a headset they don't see their physical surroundings and they can't then take notes for example. I personally thought also that where avatars still don't have full facial expression in VR, it's coming, but at the moment is pronunciation. When you have beginner students, particularly, I would uh, create a blended course. So where you are in, you know, in certain stages, you are in VR, or in one lesson you are in VR, and in another you are in the classroom, and complement that. Um, in most cases, I feel with blended learning, you can you can enhance. Learning in general. You're getting the
1: best if, of both worlds, really, aren't you there? Because I think if, sometimes people see technology as the silver bullet that's going to solve all our problems, yeah. but it's about if, using it well, isn't it? It's about using it appropriately and, and when it's relevant.
3: Absolutely, yeah. People replicate classrooms and school buildings and lecture theaters in virtual reality. And your avatar just has to sit there and listen. We know already from the physical world that that's not the best way of teaching lecturing. But so here, just by switching to a different environment or a different technology, there. The assumption is that alone will make it better, but of course it won't. You have to use it in appropriate ways uh, to, to make the best uses of the benefits that VR brings in this case. Yeah, I agree.
0: You talked about adaptation and that makes me think about the role of the teacher and is it any different from the role in a
3: real classroom setting? You know, I think in both, perhaps in, in many ways, it's the same thing, isn't it? You can lecture, as we just said, in the classroom, the teacher can lecture or they can set activities where learners work on their own, discover things, work on projects. And the teacher is just there monitoring and guiding and helping when necessary. And we see the same thing in VR, guiding students. They have experiences. They do role plays, for example. They can go on field trips. And then the teacher is, again, just there guiding, helping, and then taking notes, of course, for feedback, because as we know, feedback and reflecting on the learning is very important. And Nagis, can I ask
1: um, a little bit about how you see the future scope of virtual reality learning? Because it's quite hardware intensive, quite expensive to get up and running, you need stable Wi-Fi, equipment, all the rest of it. What is the Potential for using VR in less well-resourced contexts, for example, in the in the global South. How do you see that playing out?
3: Very good question. Because I'm also interested in in low uh, resource contexts. One thing I don't agree with is some people object to using virtual reality or or new technologies. Because they say not not everyone can afford it, but I think we all we if we want to uh, move forward, we have to. Some teachers have to start looking at new technologies, but that doesn't mean that what we have already isn't good or shouldn't be used anymore it's a gradual process. We've seen that with smartphones. So I see the same thing happening with virtual reality. But you can use smartphones, you can use desktops, tablets, to access certain virtual worlds and applications, uh, or cheap headsets. You also don't always have to have a complete set for the whole class. You can have one in the classroom, you can have stations, you know, what we at one stage of the lesson, a group of students goes into the VR experience while the other students are can do something different. Um, it can be remote teaching where only, you know, the students who have a headset join. All of these options uh, exist.
0: It
1: just needs a little bit mm-hmm. of, I think, as you're saying, Nick, is it we need to see VR as a sort of one arrow in our quiver of options that we've got as teachers rather than as the only solution or the only thing we should do and that can be adapted in in different contexts if people know about it and are sort of able to to make those changes
0: what is the future of vr language learning like if you were to repeat this interview in 10 years in time what would we be talking about
3: We need to look at it here from um, a wider perspective, because a lot of things are changing in education. Some of it has to do with the development of technology and some doesn't. But the way technology is going, we will have a big shift in, particularly in online teaching or online learning, because of the development of the internet from a flat 2D internet to web 3. All it means is that the internet is going to gradually become more immersive, more 3D or spatial. And that's what we mean by metaverse. So people will be uh, used to interacting in this 3D environment in their daily digital or online interactions just like we are used to now using the internet so you don't have to now at the moment explain to your learners and onboard them to use the internet so the same will will happen with virtual reality and in this environment once we have this metaverse where you can you have interconnected virtual worlds and you can travel from one to another this is actually going to be a great uh, opportunity for learners because what they will be able to do particularly in for learners who can't easily travel to another country to learn a language because either it's they don't have the time or the finances or visa requirements are in their way and so on they can still go into the metaverse and meet people from other, countries from other cultures and, and practice and learn their um, the, their target language so that's a huge benefit that I see for language schools and teachers it can be a risk it can also be an opportunity so it's important to um, not immediately jump into this and think I need to close now my physical school and open a metaverse school but observe what the developments and uh, start little by little but tr- by trying teaching uh, in in vr because here i really see uh, the possibility that um fewer physical schools will be needed because some students will be able to do a lot more in uh in the spatial internet than in, in a classroom
1: final question In one sentence, uh, what would you say to a teacher who's thinking about trying VR in the classroom but isn't sure about it?
3: Follow some of the teachers who are already using virtual reality. There are teacher support groups and they can follow me or follow my website and from there find out about the other teachers. There are groups that meet regularly and, and experiment with this and share their knowledge.
1: Nergis, thank you very much for your time today.
3: Thank you very much, Nergis. Thanks a lot.
1: Our thanks to Nergis for her time. Wayam, anything that particularly struck you from our interview with her?
0: Just the fact that she is doing something that is very niche, I would say. And lots of teachers need support with emerging technologies. There are a lack of resources, I would say, and lack of support of teachers especially in low resource contexts of how to use these technologies and efficiently and effectively in the classroom. So I think NERGIS is doing a great job at providing us with practical tips on how to use virtual reality in the English classroom.
1: And we talked a little bit about the low resource context. Do you see, for example, how the technology could be used in somewhere like Gaza, where people cannot leave the area that they're living in? but the world could be brought to them?
0: I think yes, because it provides them with a believable setting. So that is very stimulating for their imagination and therefore it will stimulate their communication. So when you stimulate someone's imagination, they're more encouraged to speak about a situation. And we do that through role plays, for example, but I think virtual reality can provide us with that believable setting.
1: And one of Nergis's, Roles is as head of research at Immerse, which is a platform that different virtual reality providers use in order to teach English and we're going to now listen to a field report from one of those institutions the University of Sheffield in the United Kingdom where we hear from David Reed who's going to explain to us how he and his team use virtual reality to teach language effectively we're also going to hear from his colleague Laurie who is teaching students from Yamaguchi University in Japan.
3: (laughs) TEACHING ENGLISH WITH THE British COUNCIL
4: Hi, I'm David Reed, Director for Technology Enhanced Learning at the English Language Teaching Centre, University of Sheffield. I'm going to explain some of the tools which you can use for language teaching in virtual reality and how you can use VR successfully in the classroom.
2: Okay, welcome. Welcome to the restaurant. Have a look round, you'll see there are some things you can pick up. Please don't steal the food of the other customers. Okay, so I'm just putting on the board the phrases from the video. So these are going to be useful for you um, when you're ordering the food.
4: I mean, we start off in this, what's called the welcome area. And this is quite nicely designed, actually, because it, you can kind of go around here. And this is a good place to help students kind of learn, particularly the first lesson, how, or if you've got a new student, how to use the different things. So, you know, it's here that they can kind of learn how to pick up objects, that kind of thing. And they can look in the mirror. And as a teacher, I can, there's a lot of nice controls where I can show students things. Cause so, you know, how do I grab and move objects? And if I click this button called Show Tool Tip," that'll actually show the students on their hands how to actually do this. It'll show you which buttons to press and things like that. So it's been quite well designed with all these kind of guides and tips built in as well. And, and you know, and you can sort of take them around this area to look at different things. You know, they can pick up pens and write on whiteboards if they want to do that as well. So it allows for a lot of sort of interactions there.
2: And so going to do a role play activity. I'm going to be the worker in the fast food restaurant. And first, I'd like you to take it in turns to order some food from me. So I'm going to go over here behind the counter. I'm going to put on my fast food uniform.
4: And I think when we first started using VR, we we were doing kind of lessons in there almost in the sense that you can, in any of these situations, they they do actually put up like screens and uh, you, can put up, you can put on things like slides. And if you want like G- Google Slides or anything like that, you can put them up there or you can put YouTube videos or you can just use it as a, just as a sort of a whiteboard, if you like. And this is where these kind of you've got these nice teacher tools down the left hand side. You can even just place things in the environment. So they have a thing called placeables. And you get, you can just bring up like a little whiteboard, stick a little whiteboard down and then, you know, type into that if you want to do quick correction or something like that. But, you know, it's, a, it's a very smart little way of post activity correction or something like that. If you, if you want to do it. So, like I said, I think it's, it's well designed software. The new, a couple of new features about it, which I think are really useful as well is what's called quick text, which allows you to just pop like a little bubble above your head. There's so a lot of so much language is sort of incidental in a lesson where someone says something and you want to clarify, okay, what's that word? So you can just quickly pop it up and it would just pop up above your head. Um, so I could just see the spelling of a word or as a way of doing that. The other thing I really like about this is it, it supports something called a little summary button. So whenever you put like a little word up, you can click this button and it's added to a summary. And then down again, this is one of your teacher tools. There's what's called your class notes. If you click on them, You'll see it be added to kind of a list of, of any words that have come up during the lesson that you've added to this summary. And at the end, you can copy that as a, like a list and then just you know put it on a document or send it to them or share it with them or, or something
2: like that. And Riku, I think you are at the front of the queue. What can I get you? Uh, I have cook. Hmm? Um, anything else? I have
0: burger that's all
2: that's all okay thank you and um, that will be remember how much it is that will be six dollars ninety eight please riku okay. so
3: Thanks.
2: okay maybe you can you can ask for them to send the bill to your school maybe we can send the bills to the school okay don't worry about paying we'll just pretend that <laughs> we are paying <laughs> just pretend <laughs>
4: It has all these tools, so it, it, you could use it for listenings and traditional lessons if you wanted to, but it seems an unnecessary addition to make students sit there for 20 minutes doing a listening in VR when they could do that on a computer screen and, and wearing a heavy headset at the same time. So you really want to take advantage of the situational aspects of this, whether it's, it's you know, putting them on airplanes because you can go into the airplanes themselves here and getting them to do conversations like, oh, then you're sat next to a, tra-, you know, someone on a plane and... Chat with them, and then another person can play the role play of the the stewardess or the 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 hostess or whatever, and uh, you know take the drinks to them and that kind of thing. So there's there's that really nice kind of authentic sort of role play uh, aspect to it, which you know in a classroom is can seem a bit silly at times, you know, or can seem a little bit inauthentic. But in this context, I think it just does feel a little bit 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 realer. The fact that they're hidden behind an avatar, the fact that they're not looking at each other's faces, there's not that kind of fear of perhaps making a mistake that you would have in a classroom context.
2: So what can you say when you want to find out how much something costs? Uh, How much is it? Yeah, exactly. It is... $8.47, $8.47, please, now, hero. $8.47, wow. okay, so
4: end up to my school, please. <laughs> and I think, certainly, the research suggests that one of the ba- the real benefits of VR is this idea of transfer and contextualization, that language transfer is much stronger from VR to real life than from the classroom to, to real life because of that. You know, it's, they're seeing the language in that context, I suppose. Frequently in, in the lessons, because yeah, my students certainly at the moment are quite low level. We do like holidays and stuff like that. You know, I'll put up like useful phrases so that when we're discussing things, they've got those as a prompt in the background to have a look at if they if they need to. Now, this was from a lesson this morning I was doing, which was a, a hotel resort. And so we're in the hotel resort and they're discussing things about you know holidays and all that kind of stuff. And and they can yeah you know, re- they can refer to this if they need to.
2: Okay, and um, what we're going to do, one person is going to come behind the counter and be the worker. The other person is going to order the food. Once you've had a go, um, swap over so the other person can have a go at being the worker.
4: And there's lots of things here like, you know, again, there's, they, they put things like food and drink, and the students always find it quite amusing to kind of pick up the wine bottle and pour it in the glass and things like that and, and they can drink it and stuff or pick up the various uh, food objects and you know the hot dogs and the and you can eat they can eat them if they stick them to their mouths and stuff like that then they can. i think one of the first things i had to do was to click like a freeze button to stop because i think obviously i mean i teach adults maybe so it's not such an issue because they do it a little bit but not much but i think when you got a group of teenagers all sort of throwing stuff at each other so they had to implement a kind of a I think it's called a focus mode. If you see in the bottom left-hand corner, it's called focus mode, which uh, I think freezes everything so they can't pick anything out.
0: I would have liked to be a student in that lesson. It sounds very interesting. And here it's important to uh, mention that it's very important to orient students uh, ahead of the lesson because some students sometimes they you know, have this fear from experimenting with technology. So giving them clear instructions and orienting them ahead is very important. I would say that this should work particularly well with adults as opposed to young learners. Because sometimes when you tell adult learners to imagine a situation, I find it particularly difficult with them to imagine situations. So Providing them with the virtual reality setting can break their fear and maybe motivate them and make them more courageous in speaking and in using the language. So it mainly depends on learning through doing, which I find to be a core for learning English as a second language.
1: So you said you would have enjoyed being in this class where I am. Here is Rina who was also in this class, sharing her experiences of being there.
0: It's more practical than normal online class. I was able to participate all the time by moving or talking rather than just listening to classes online. Would you have liked to have taught that class, Chris?
1: I do like the idea of virtual reality in teaching. I'm very supportive of technology in a classroom where it can add value. My issue with it is sometimes we think that educational technology is a silver bullet which can solve all our problems. If we just get more computers, more laptops, more tablets, then language learning will follow. What I like about virtual reality is the functional aspect of it it's the fact that you're in these situations and it feels real so that to me is the real advantage you talked a little bit about that with adults who sometimes find it hard to imagine being in that situation so for me it's that functional aspect which I think can be really really beneficial uh, for learners so yeah I would like to give it a go I think you can also Take the good parts of virtual reality, whatever context you're in, and adapt them to whatever your situation is.
0: And I think that functional aspect to the virtual reality can be done with certain topics, but it might not be possible with other topics like, let's say, academic English.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I I think for me, you know, I've worked a lot with refugees and asylum seekers and so on. And I think virtual reality would be hugely valuable for students in these sorts of situations because they don't know what the script of going to the doctor's surgery, of going to the dentists, of talking to other parents at the school gates, they don't know what that script looks like. And what virtual reality can do is to give them that script. So when it happens for real, they feel much more confident in talking to native speakers of the language.
0: Absolutely. And one final note to add is that the new generation is these barriers between virtual technology and reality is less visible than maybe the old generation. And sometimes we call it digital uh, natives, although it is a bit debatable. Um, But uh, I think the newer generation would appreciate these methods to be used in the classroom.
1: Exactly. And I think as as people's... quote unquote real lives and their second digital lives become closer and closer it seems strange to have a kind of artificial barrier between the two so we hope you enjoyed this episode of teaching english with the british council in the next episode we'll be looking at how we can teach difficult and taboo subjects but for now it's goodbye from me
0: and goodbye from me
1: goodbye Teaching English with the British Council Series 2 is hosted by Wiam Hamdan and Chris Souten. The producer is Elizabeth Dyer. Executive producer, Chris Dyer. Salson Aboukara is the Arabic language consultant. The, uh, the two Ronnies were a comedy duo in the 1970s, mm-hmm. uh, both of whom were called...
0: Well, I don't know what they're called. You have to tell me.
1: They're called the two Ronnies. The two Ronnies, but yeah. they
0: do they have names? Yeah, Ronnie. Oh, in Arabic we say Raya and Skina. Okay. Yeah, which is like when you say a a two uh double, like, do, yeah, double double act. Act oh, Okay. Raya and Skeena. and they are uh, two ladies uh-huh. in from Egypt um, who were serial killers.
3: Teaching English with the British Council.